Welcome back to another episode of Sunday Golds. It's Arya Masudi and Brett Nevitt. We are just a couple of weekends away from opening day. Florida State baseball getting ready to host James Madison for a three-game set. Brett, you and I were out at the park this weekend. They had three scrimmages. Link Jarrett continues to get these guys uh, closer and closer uh, to being where they want to be. Obviously, a lot of work to do, a lot of new names some veterans back, but overall, it seems like the team has made a lot of progress in just a couple of weeks of spring. We'll call it spring practice. Yeah, and this is this is the longest 12 days of the year now, waiting until opening day just to, to get here. I think everyone's just ready to go at this point. But yeah, like you said, a lot of scrimmaging this weekend, four straight days of scrimmaging. Um, you know, I thought Friday and Saturday were both pretty good with good battles and, and you know, I thought arm, a lot of the arms delivered, um, you know, especially Carson Montgomery, um, Jackson Ballmeister, you know, White Well, I thought all those guys were, were very good. Uh, same with Jamie Arnold. Um, dive a little deeper into those guys. But, yeah, overall, I thought it was uh, a good weekend. And, you know, I still feel, you know, starting to feel better and better about this team, you know, long-term wise, but, you know, I still think it, it could be a, a little bit of a, you know, sloppy start to the year. Um, just, it's just a young team and, and they still make freshman mistakes and, and stuff like that. And there's going to be a lot of freshmen out in the field. So um, it's going to take some time to gel. Like, I, like I've said a few times on here, but, you know, I really do like the the, the outlook for, you know, deep into the season, if, if, if a lot of the arms can stay healthy and, and produce it the way we think they can. We're on Apple Pods. We're on Spotify as well as anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, for subscribing. Please download and uh, hit that like button as well uh, if you can for us. And, and five stars would be appreciated on Apple. Uh, continuing this pod, I think it's year three of Sunday Golds. We we appreciate again what you guys have done for us. It's grown, I think, to a point now where. I don't know that Brett and I ever thought it would get to. We, we just started it as a hobby, uh, two guys who love Florida State baseball. And uh, we knew you loved it too, but we didn't know how much in terms of wanting something like this on a consistent basis. So we appreciate you. This episode uh, will be focused on what we saw this weekend uh, as a, you know, three scrimmages. And then, of course, we've got Wyatt Crowell joining us on the podcast here. Uh, Brett sat down uh, with Florida State's star left handed pitcher. Um, he'll give us his thoughts on Link Jarrett, on you know potentially moving from the bullpen to the starting weekend rotation, uh, and his summer with Team USA. And then we actually have a mailbag too. We got a lot of questions from you guys on social media and in our emails, uh, as well as on uh, Knowles twenty four seven and and on the Osceola's website. So uh, we want to get to those at the end of this show. So uh, without further ado, uh, Brett, let's talk about this weekend. You kind of prefaced it a little bit. Carson Montgomery uh, was phenomenal, and it was something that you've been kind of alluding to slowly from the fall to where we are now here. It's it's Sunday, February 5th, when we're recording this in the afternoon. Carson's getting better, and it seems like the consistency starting to show. He's always been a premium arm, right? Like that is a first-round potential-filled um, arm. And now it's starting to see like maybe it's maturity, Brett but we're starting to see a guy that consistently is attacking the zone and is feeling confident in his stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned here last week too, that between the last two outings of the fall and, and last week's outing, you know, I really felt like Carson was moving in the right direction and something has really started to click for him. Um, and, and Saturday, this Saturday was kind of the culmination of all of that. And it was really the best I've, I've seen Carson. Um, and it, it was just really fun to watch and, and sit behind home watching that outing. You know, I've I've watched a lot of 
lot of pitchers throw the la- these last few years um, in scrimmages, sitting r- right behind home plate. And that that outing on Saturday was it was as good as it gets. It was probably my my second best live look I've ever seen behind um, Hurston Waldrip at Florida in the fall. Um, and I mean, he sits like 98, 99 with three dominant off-speed pitches. But you know, I I think Carson's starting to understand how to how to combine power with with pitching. You know, like you said, Ario, he he's always had the power stuff, and and we know what's in there, and we know how good the you know how good the fastball can be, how good the slider can be. But he's starting to learn how to use those pitches together, and he's starting to realize how good he can be when he locates and when he's sequencing. Um, you know, the fast, fast sinking fastball sat basically 94, 97, the whole day. Um, he was, you know, still, you know, topping out at 97 in, in that last inning of work. Um, and I mean, it was just, it was dominant stuff, got tons of swing and misses. Um, I mean, it was a turbo sinker and he was, he was putting it in the right spots. I mean, he's going inside the right-handed hitters. He, he's getting, he's bringing it off the, the front hip of left-handed hitters and getting it inside on them as well. Um, and, and when he's, you know, the, the, the sinker to me isn't really a pitch that he's trying to miss bats with. I think it's more so he's trying to miss the barrel and get weak contact. And now that he, I think he understands that more, he's starting to become more efficient. He's getting more weak contact early in counts on, on bad swings on the sinker. Um, you know, he only threw 50, 51 pitches in four innings, no walks, 80% strikes. The slider was wipeout. I mean, it was as good as it gets at 83, 85 um, tons of swings and misses on that had six K's only gave up two hits. You know, I think one of them was an infield single. Um, I mean, yeah, that was, it was just really, really good to watch. And, um, I feel really good about Carson after that. I just, there seems to be a different sort of mentality with him this year. I mean, even when he misses spots by a couple inches, you kind of see him like shake his head or, you know, tell himself that, you know, that's not where that needs to be. It needs to be in a better spot. And I've never really seen that from Carson before. Um, so I just think he he's really starting to understand how to combine the power with pitching and, and that's making him look like a, I mean, he looked like a bona fide ace on Saturday, but obviously we need to see that translate into under the lights during the season. But I, I feel really good about where he's at now in his progression. And I think Chuck Rostano has done a really good job with him. You know, it's, it's funny uh, for a lot of guys, it feels like when they first get to college and they have all of this, you know, hype building around them, right? They were a top 50 prospect that decided to turn down millions and get to school. They almost feel like this added pressure of having to perform at a high level early. And I think it gets them out of what made them successful in the first place. And then as they stay in college and then they continue to work, I think they realize that like, you really don't have to do too much. Batters get themselves out all the time at the college level. And I've talked to a couple of former Florida state pitchers who are now, you know, have advanced and and moved on from the program. And and that was the biggest thing that they took away was that you realize you don't have to strike everybody out. And with Carson, I think it's knowing that that premium stuff can generate weak contact that he can get through five or six innings and he'll still rack up the case just on talent alone. But the slider looks good. It's it's the little stuff, right? Tunneling it the right way, uh, making sure that you're you're uh, you're playing it off of your fastball well, attacking in counts that you should be, not wasting at bats, and it's just maturity. And Carson Montgomery, this happens. This happens to a lot of pitchers. But for Carson, uh, if it does click, right, and we do have to see it in season. That's the biggest difference. Is we've got to see it 
against somebody wearing a different color uniform uh, than his own team, but it's there. And if Carson does take that step, and certainly I saw it this weekend too, Brett, I'm sitting next to you. Carson has the potential to be all American, a first round pick, and to really help Florida state kind of mitigate the loss of a Parker Messick if it continues for him. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, the maturation process is like part of that is learning yourself. And I think he's done a good job of learning how to use his, his pitches. I mean, with the slider, you, you, you know, early in counts, sometimes he can use it as that get me over pitch, but I mean, it for him, I mean, his get me over pitch is, is still a plus pitch. That slider is, I mean, guys just buckle at it, especially coming off the sinker. But I mean, he knows now that he can go get me over slider first pitch, and then he'll bust you inside with a sinker after that to get a weak ground ball. And I mean, it doesn't have to be a strikeout. I mean, especially when you're a starter. Um, and like you say, he doesn't waste at bats, but more more importantly, he doesn't just doesn't waste any pitches. And you know, sometimes Carson's Carson's expand sliders were were sliders that started outside the zone and ended up in the other's batter's box. And, and now that, that, that expands slider in, in 0-2-1-2 counts is more so, you know, it's, it's a pitch that, you know, every pitch he throws now has purpose and, and, and that's really good to see. And, um, you know, I also think that Colton does a really good job catching him every time he's out there. He does a really good job sticking the sinker in the, in the lower part of the zone for him. Um, and I think he's really comfortable throwing to Colton. Yeah, and and Colton's done a really nice job uh, as a veteran himself, and uh, it'll be interesting to see, I think, at catcher where Florida State decides to go. Um, obviously, right now, McGuire, Holbrook are uh, going to miss some time, and and so that's allowed you know Colton to get some extra work, and uh, you know Ordonez and Baz Jimenez is is getting some work too. So the Noles are having some options back there and getting some early season work. But Brett, uh, to keep this as brief as we can and, and not have a podcast go, you know an hour and a half or two. Can you give me some names of some other arms throughout the weekend that impressed? And I think notably give me some thoughts on there's about five guys right now that I think are competing for those three weekend spots uh, about five arms that I, that are getting looks. Give me kind of a synopsis of how those guys did. We just talked about one in Carson, um, but there's a, a freshman that's pretty good and a couple other arms that have stood out as well. Yeah, so Jackson Baumeister and Weichwell both threw four innings as well um, on Friday. Uh, Jackson was about 92, 94, 95 with his fastball. Um, and, you know, he's thrown, mixing in a lot of different off-speed pitches, slider, curveball, changeup. Um, the slider continues to get better, more consistent sweep on it. Um, he's still learning it a bit, so it's not you know, it's not hundred percent consistent, but you know, when he gets it and when he gets it out front, it goes and it gets swings and misses He's starting to change up more and more frequently, I think. Um, and it looks really good around 83, 85. Um, and also the curveball. um, the curveballs, you know, the, probably the least inconsistent of those three off speed offerings, but when he gets it right, you know, he threw one that was really, really good. I think to maybe to Jude putts that was just a, a straight up knee buckler and it plays well off the, the fastball up in the zone. Um, he was, he was good for the most part. He had got, got hit a bit in his first inning, but settled in after that and did a good job. Um, you know, Wyatt Crowell was normal. Wyatt Crowell. I just don't expect anything different from him every time he's out there. Uh, he got hit a little bit too in his first inning at work. Um, but he was just leaving the fastball over the middle, middle of the plate. But once he settled in, he started getting it in under the hands like he likes to do. And then obviously throwing the slider slider a lot as usual. And it's just, 
every time you go, he's out there, you know, he's going to have a white pound slider. Um, you know, the thing I like to see was he used his changeup a lot and it, it's getting a lot better, I think. And he, he talks about that in this upcoming interview with him. Um, he's worked on it a lot and I think he's starting to like really like to use it and, and understand how he needs to use it to get right-handed hitters out. And I think he knows that if he's going to make a move into the rotation, possibly that he's got to have that pitch consistently. So it was good to see that come out this weekend. Um, Doug Kirkland was very, very good. Again, uh, he threw on Friday, one inning, second outing of the preseason, 11 pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts, threw five fastballs, was sitting 93-94, um, touched a five, I believe, as well. Um, all the, uh, all fastballs he threw were strikes, and they were dotted up on the outside black, basically every single pitch he threw. Um, was mixing in both slider and curveball. Slider is very wipeout. Um, he, you know, that will range up above mid 80s sometimes. Uh, curveball more so 82, 83, and a bit more of a get me over pitch. Uh, sometimes they they blend together, but when he's throwing the slider right, it's really, really good. Um, you mentioned the freshman arm. Uh, Jamie Arnold threw on Saturday as well uh, with Carson, four innings, and he was, he was spectacular, I thought. He faced a lineup that was probably a majority of FSU starters, I think. Um, you know, they really challenged him to go out there and get outs against the, the best hitters in the, on this team. And I thought he really handled his own. And I mean, I've talked about before on this podcast that Jamie's experience um, coming from Jesuit and Tampa, um, you know, the, the the teams he faced there last year as their ace. I mean, he faced IMG twice. I think he faced Calvary. I think he faced Berkeley Prep. Those are all teams that are state title type teams or teams with IMG. I mean, they've got first rounders up and down the lineup. Um and, you know, Jamie's not afraid of any competition and, you know, nothing about Jamie's game blows you, blows you away. The fastball is going to be, you know, topping out in the high eighties, but, you know, the low slot really makes it tough for hitters to pick up. And he does a really good job moving it around and to both sides of the plate. And, you know, he, he really keeps guys off balance with the slider um, was doing a really good job getting to the back foot of right-handed hitters for swings and misses Um you know, I think he only allowed two base runners uh, or three base runners in four innings of work, had five Ks, one walk. Uh, it was that was really, really good to see. And then, you know, uh, today, I think Connor Whitaker threw four innings today as well. Changeup was really good as usual, missed a lot of bats with the changeups. Um, Brennan Oxford was one other one from this weekend that I thought looked really good. And Brennan, he's just stacking good, good outings on good outings. You know, I don't. You know, I don't really think he's been hit hard at all since he's been here in these scrimmages I've seen. I mean, I've probably seen Brennan throw live about seven times now, and I can't think of a time that he got hit hard or ever really been squared up. It's just the fastball plays really well in the top of the zone with with the vertical approach angle, um, and the slider continues to show more sweep You know, every time he's out there. So feel really good about where he's at going into the season in the back end of the pen. Yeah, you know, I like that you you mentioned Jamie Arnold, and it seems like every year, right, Florida State has at least one freshman that kind of gets one of those bigger roles within either the rotation or the midweek starter. And it happened when Eleven was here, when Meat was here, now with Link. I think Arnold has that chance to be heavily used for Florida State. He might sneak his way into a weekend rotation, uh, and if not, uh, could certainly see him on the midweeks as your starter. And and Brett, I don't, you know, this might have been a little bit before you know, your time covering Florida state, but back when I was a kid, there was a couple of guys uh, by the name of Billy Schrode. Uh, and right before him, uh, there was a, a Ryan Strauss 
uh, Strauss played with uh, Buster Posey in 08 on that Omaha team. And the arm slot reminds me a little bit of both of those guys. Uh, Strauss from the right hand and Billy Strode was a lefty. And, and that's what I kept thinking when I was watching Jamie pitch was it's not that the stuff's excellent. It's that he pinpoints, but it comes from a funky spot where guys aren't picking up. And so 87 to 90 looks 90 to 93. And it's just a little bit extra. Uh, and he's really polished for a guy that young. And I think, you know, to your point, he's experienced. He's played in, you know, when I say experienced, he's experienced at a high level in high school. He's played against good lineups. He's been he's been in big games. Uh, and so that's probably part of what makes him ready to pitch for Florida State in his first season. But uh, I was impressed by Arnold. And I, and I remembered you telling me about him a little bit in the fall. Uh, but it was my first real look at him. Um, and, and he has, you know, I would be comfortable with him being in the weekend. He kind of also reminds me, it's not an apples to apples comparison, but like the way Connor Whitaker came in last year as a freshman and you just kind of felt comfortable, right? Like you were like, he's going to get me through four or five innings because right. he, he's not walking you. And, and that was what I felt with Arnold as well. So um, we've talked about this, I think too, on the last podcast, uh, Florida State, the pitching isn't maybe as deep as, as we'd like it to be as deep as maybe what link wants. That doesn't mean it can't be a successful staff. If those top five to six arms can pan out and give you pretty good seasons. And if Doug Kirkland is healthy all season, uh, you have a chance there for it to work, especially with the lineup you're putting together. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And I mean, you have those five to six and then you, you add on, you know, Oxford as well as David Barrett as guys that are going to go out and get you, you know, lefty, lefty matchups, righty, righty matchups. Um, you know, like you mentioned, Seawit, Seawit back this year. I mean, he's just a Swiss army knife to me. And I mean, I really do think this team can hit and, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, can't, how much do you get out of those top five to six and how do you use them and how do you, how do you view the value in each of them and where do you view the value? Um, I mean, I've been, I've been at every scrimmage since this team started in the fall and, you know, I, I, I can't sit here and tell you definitively what I think this weekend rotation is going to be. I mean, I could give you my best guess, but you know, there's just so many different ways they could go with this. And I think they've been thinking and looking at it from a ton of different angles. You know, how does a guy bounce back from Friday to Sunday? How does a guy, you know, bounce back week to week if he's a starter and how long can he hold up? Um, there's just, how does a guy doing leverage versus non-leverage? I mean, there's just so much to figure out, but there are pieces there like we've talked about. And the biggest thing for me is a lot of these guys are improving. And I think Chuck's done a really good job so far. Of, you know, I, I really think, you know, I'm starting to see why Link wanted Chuck so badly. Uh, I've been really impressed with the work he's done here so far in a short amount of time. It's very methodical. I mean, it's, it's detailed. And I was talk, talking to Chip Baker uh, this weekend and, and I asked him, you know, what's been the biggest difference between Rostano, uh and, and what Florida state had uh, previously. And he said, you can tell at Notre Dame, they had two hours indoors on a tight schedule to get as much work in as they possibly could uh, because of the conditions, because of the lack of outdoor availability, right. And this time of year in South bend, so they've had to be efficient. And, and that's the best word I can use for, for Chuck Rostanos. It's very efficient. He knows what he's looking for. There's a schedule. They stick to it. Uh, and 
overall probably going to benefit Florida State, especially some of those younger arms. Yeah, I think he does a good job of knowing how to get across to guys. You know, I think all all the pitchers I've talked to have just talked about, you know, they don't really ch- talk about Chuck as the pitching coach. They talk about Chuck as the guy. And they just all seem to, you know, very much so like him as, as a person. And, and he seems to be getting across to them at a high level. And um, it's been good to see the improvement from from fall to from fall to now for a lot of these arms and even your high level arms. I mean, Carson's getting better. I think, I think bombs off speed's getting better. I mean, Jamie and Ben, the two freshmen, both their off speed have gotten better. The, you know, the, the sliders have gotten better. Um, Just everywhere you look, I feel like with that core group of guys that are going to be throwing this year, you feel like they're improving. Um, Now you need it to translate into the season and you need guys to stay healthy and produce in their roles. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, you know, we've touched on Wyatt and what we think Crowell can do this season for Florida State, whether that's on the mound on the weekends as a starter, as a bullpen arm, maybe a hybrid in between where they figure out a way. We've seen Link do that in the past uh, at Notre Dame where he's found ways to utilize guys like that uh, to get the most out of them for their team. Um, and, And so Wyatt's someone that I think we're both really excited about. He's another premium arm. And he was kind enough to join us here on Sunday Gold. He sat down with Brett to kind of th- go through a myriad of uh, questions that Brett had for him. So uh, we'll get to that right now. And on the other side, we'll talk about some of the hitters that stood out this weekend from Hauser. I'm up in the Dick Hauser press box with, with Wyatt Crowell. Just first off, Wyatt, just, just how's it going? How, how do you feel going into the season and how excited are you to get back out on the mound? Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, I think we're all really excited. Uh, we got a whole new team, a lot of young kids, and a whole new staff. So I mean, there's there's a lot to look forward to. We got a lot of new things coming around the stadium too. So new bullpen. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty exciting. So I'm ready to go. Just going back to the summer, you know, you got to play with Team USA. Just just how was that experience, and what sort of lessons were you able to take from that experience? Uh, it was everything I could have wished for. I mean, it was one of my best summers for sure. Um, just getting to meet all those kids, all the new coaches, just so much talent and competing, which is always fun with those guys who you see like some in the SEC, Big 12, all, all that kind of stuff. So just the top names and you're all in one place, staying in the same hotel together, going to practice together, all those things. So it was really cool and uh, I'm really thankful I got to go do that. Yeah, just how much did it benefit you to face some of those hitters and then also when you went over internationally, I think you faced some older guys too as well. So just getting to face those guys and having success, how much confidence did you have coming out of the summer? Yeah, I mean, I, I felt good coming out of it. It was just, like I said, so fun. And when you're on the mountain and you're facing those kids, every single guy that comes up, you're like, it's just, yeah. you got to compete with everyone. I mean, there's no, no, no easy outs. And it was just, I mean, it was so cool. I mean, I've never like been on the mound and seen like that many guys walk up in a row for two or three innings. And I'm like, I got to throw my best yeah. pitch every single pitch. Right. So, and then going overseas and playing against those guys, it was pretty cool. I wasn't really expecting, like, those guys to be a lot older. Right. Which some of them are, like, 40 years old. And we were all like, what in the world is yeah. going on? But it was it was cool playing Japan and Curacao and Cuba and all that. Yeah. It, was, it was cool. I got to face Roger Bernardino, who was in the big leagues for a mm-hmm. while. So that was, that was pretty cool, too. Yeah. That's awesome. And then going back to last year, I guess, you know, that, that role you had in – the way the you know the priority in the bullpen that you had that second half of the season, 
I guess just what was that like for you, you know, expanding into that bigger role, especially after the first year where, you know, you're kind of hitting a little bit and, hit, and pitching as well. Just just what was the experience of last year like for you? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Obviously, I didn't start out in that role, and I feel like I kind of earned it. So coming in, I mean, it was the fifth, sixth, or seventh inning, and I knew if we were winning on Friday or Saturday, I was going to come in and try to finish the game. So it was it was nice to like know when I was pitching towards the end of the season, and it was also a lot of fun. I mean, being in Dick Hauser with yeah. five thousand people here and Saturday night or Friday night, it's it's pretty fun. So and all those high leverage moments you pitched in, just just what did you learn about yourself, and and what did you learn about you know your, how you pitch in those moments moving forward? Yeah, I was just kind of not worrying about the situation as much as just trying to get out. So like it's another baseball game, and going out there and with what I have and trying to get people out no matter what the situation is, is. Yeah, and then I guess just what was a favorite memory or two from that season? Because, you know, I know you had the big outing against Miami and some on the road as well. Just just what was – is there a certain one that sticks out to you that you always remember in the back of your head? Um, the Miami – the whole night was – that was crazy. Um, everyone was yelling my name in the stands, which I've never heard that before, so that was pretty cool. And then throwing against NC State – in the doubleheader, right. what, the 11th to the 17th inning or whatever, I've definitely never been yeah. a part of something like that. And then for Jaime to walk it off, I was actually coming out of the game. I wasn't going to go back out right. that that other half, so that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was, that was a long one, exhausting for all of us. And then, you know, now moving forward into this season, you have a whole new staff, obviously a pretty big, big transition. Just what how's that transition been for you personally and also for the team as a whole? It's It's been awesome. I... I really have enjoyed it, and it's making me push myself even more because these coaches are pushing us every day, and just to see like how they go about things, and they care so much about the players and the facilities and the past here. So it's it's kind of showing all of us like how much this means to them, and it makes it mean even that much more to us. So I mean, I, I really enjoyed every second of it, and I wish I could be here for longer right. to be with these coaches for so long. But yeah. it's just. It's been great so far. Yeah. I know. I know. Link, you know, he's on the pitchers pretty hard sometimes in the bullpen with you guys during bullpens. Um, you know, really vocal when you guys are out there on the mound in scrimmages. Just what has he been like? The attention to detail with the pitchers. I guess what has he taught you so far in this short time? Just that every pitch matters and focus on the same thing every day. Like going out and throwing the baseball, just putting the ball in the air, and then going and throwing your bullpen just because you're supposed to do it isn't how you're supposed to go about things. And you have something you need to work on all the time. And, like, you can hear him when he's out there on the field yelling at pitchers the same thing over and over again. It's because he's not just, like, letting us go out there and go through the motions. He wants us to do better and get better every single day. So, and I was listening to you on the ACC Baseball preview show, and you were talking about Chuck and – so, you know, he's everything you could ask for. Just just what is it about him that makes him special as a pitching coach? Just how awesome of a dude he is. Like, I would hang out with Chuck outside of the field. Like, yeah. that's that's how cool he is. And with all of us, he just he just loves being around us, and we all love being around him. So it's, it's awesome to have a pitching coach that you just, like, look forward to hearing from every single day. And then also the way he goes about things on the pitching side is, is great, too. Right. And, you know, your role moving forward into this year, do you, you know, I know you've, you started in high school, you've, you've relieved so far here in college, just do you have a preference? Do you think you're going to do one or the other? Is, or is it just, you know, you're going to throw when you throw? I really don't know. I'm trying not to think about what my role is going to be that much. I mean, 
obviously I'm like, oh, I could start or I could be in the pen. Like, oh, I don't really know. And they haven't told us. I feel like they want everyone to compete, like I said, every single day. So they're not trying to let anyone get ahead of themselves or start worrying about what role they're going to be in and just kind of go out here and practice hard and whatever happens, happens. So, I mean, whether I'm in the bullpen or starting, like you said, I've done yeah. both before. So I'm, it's nothing new. I'm just going out and competing with everyone. What was something coming out of last year that you wanted to improve on? I think developing my changeup, having a third pitch that I can throw to lefties and righties and, and different counts, especially if I am starting this year, having a third pitch that I can show the second time through the order, the third time through the order. And I've actually started to fall in love with my changeup, throwing it out there and like seeing it get better every day is something that mm-hmm. makes me excited. And it's yeah. like been throwing it in the pen and seeing it have that depth to it and then throwing it and getting swing and misses and scrimmages is it's fun to like watch it progress all the time. So I think just developing that changeup. You're a guy that throws fastball inside a lot, and you know, especially to righty, righties under their hands. Just how important is that inside half for you specifically? Yeah, no, it's it's big, especially with the way my ball moves. Throwing a ball that starts like a ball and a half in, and then it ends up on the plate is it's hard for righties, obviously. And when I can command the ball to the inside of the plate, I feel like I have a lot of success. And so just trying to like get it in, get it in, get it in all the time is not the easiest because yeah. you leave one over the plate and righties will smash it to right field so it's it's not easy to do but I'm definitely getting more comfortable going in a lot and like I said it's usually I have success when I can get the ball in and then the slider I mean your slider is one of the best in the country is is that something you've always had since high school or is just something that you developed since you got here and and what makes you so confident with that pitch to kind of throw it in any count yeah I really in high school, I kind of threw more of a slur that was like 79, 80. And then once I got here, it was the same. And then I remember, I don't remember what particular outing it was last fall, but Belly walked out to the mound. Or I, it might have been in between innings, actually. And he was like, why do you throw your slider like you're just trying to throw it down the middle? Like right. you throw your fastball 95 and then you just lob your slider in there that's 80 miles an hour, like a get-me-over pitch. Yeah. And he was like, treat it like your fastball, throw it as hard as you can just see what happens. So I went back out the next inning and I threw like a couple 82 mile an hour sliders and a couple 83 mile an hour sliders. And it was a completely different pitch. Right. And like you could kind of see it in the hitter's eyes. They were like, <laughs> it's not the same when you see a ball just come out. Mm-hmm. Like the ball jumps out of someone's hand yeah. versus when you're throwing a hard slider. It's just like, you don't have as much time to react to it. So I think just seeing that really built a lot of confidence in the pitch. And then it kind of just got better and better every time I threw it. So I mean, you and Carson are, really the most experienced guys in this staff and you've only had really one full season as a full-time pitcher I guess just with the inexperience you guys have just how important is it for guys to step up and kind of you know take over roles that maybe they've never done before yeah uh, it's it's going to be really important for us and I think we just need to have guys with the right mindsets that whether they've thrown in college baseball or not or haven't thrown a lot it's just it's just baseball I mean go out and you're good enough to be here. Obviously, you made it here, and you're good enough to pitch in the ACC. Right. So just going out and having your best stuff and kind of having that mindset that you're going to have success, I feel like, is what will help us out the most. Right. All right, we'll do a lightning round to end this. You can answer these as short as you want. Okay. All right. First, favorite place to eat in Tallahassee? Um, I think Witch Witch. It's, it's not really a Tallahassee <laughs> special, but, yeah. like, I don't know. It's just good. It's your favorite, it's good favorite yeah. sandwich place? Yeah. Uh, funniest teammate? Um, Doug Kirkland. How good is it to see him back on the mound? 
it's it's awesome. We were all you could see how excited we all were when he came out of the bullpen, and he's just he works hard every single day. So to see him be back out there and smiling again, it's it's a great feeling. What's your favorite road park you've experienced so far in college? Um, I really like Clemson. I don't know why. I just like the atmosphere there, and like all around campus is pretty cool. So, what's your go-to pregame music? Um. It really just depends. Some type of rap, you know, yeah. most of the time will get me hyped up. I, I saw that. I was looking at your bio earlier, and I saw that you have a grandpa that played for the Bruins, was a goaltender for yeah. the Stanley Cup team. Yeah. Just If you if you were, weren't playing baseball, which sport would you play? I think I'd probably play golf, honestly. Uh, What's your handicap? Hockey, What's uh, the handicap? I don't know. I want to say, like, seven or eight. It's not bad. No, it's, it's not good. bad. I could be a lot better, but I don't play that often, so. What was your favorite hobby away from, from baseball? Oh, uh, I like to bowl now. I just picked that up. What's your best sport? In the fall. Um, I want to say, like, oh, gosh, I can't even remember. Maybe 210. It's pretty good. Yeah. No, nah, I wasn't that good at the beginning, but me and Connor Whitaker went bowl a lot. And we started going back and forth. And All right. Well, there's a bowler slash golfer slash left-handed pitcher Wyatt Corral for you. Thanks for joining, Wyatt. I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point this season. And good luck this season in whatever role you fill. So uh, I guess anything you'd want to say to Florida State fans before you hop off here? Um, just get ready to go. It's going to be a fun season. And we got a lot of new things for you all, so we're excited. Appreciate it. Yep, thank you. All right, thanks to Wyatt Crowell for joining us, uh, the junior has a chance to have his name called pretty high in this summer's MLB draft. Uh, Brett Wyatt is impressive, right? I mean, he's got a really good head on his shoulders. He's impressed from a young age, and now it's his turn to kind of be one of the veterans. Uh, what was your two biggest takeaways from your interview with him, and, and what are you expecting in his junior season? Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is, you know, Wyatt just – he just wants to be out there on the mound. I really don't think it matters to him if he's going to start or if he's going to relieve. I just think, you know, he likes going out there and just doing what he does. Um, you know, I thought it was good to hear him talk about, you know, improving the changeup. Uh, really liked hearing about his experience in the summer and getting to face some, you know, older hitters, some really good hitters too. Um, talk about facing, you know, 40 year old guys from all over the country and, you know, some former big leaguers, um, you know, I think that experience is really going to help him and, and, and taught him, you know, how to pitch against against the highest level of hitters. And, you know, we saw Wyatt in all the biggest moments last year, and he talked about that a little bit. You know, NC State game, uh, Miami game, um, just really enjoy watching Wyatt pitch and the way he goes about it. And, um, you know, just a very low-key kid that goes about his business and um, will fill whatever role FSU needs for needs him to do. He's going to be counted upon. And I think this season for him, leadership qualities are going to have to shine through. He's a quiet guy by nature. I mean, that's not a guy that's trying to, you know, rally a dugout uh, and, and have everybody gather around him the way Jameis Winston used to and and kind of give you instructions. But Wyatt goes about his business. He's He leads by example. And uh, he's a really good kid. He really is. And uh, I, I'm really excited for his future um, and really want the best for him this season because this, the stuff is insane. I mean, when he's on, it's untouchable. He looked untouchable at times for Team USA this summer, and uh, all that's left for him now is if he can show it in a starting role, if that's how they choose to use him, 
why it's going to make a lot of money this summer. And it's premium, it's lefty, uh, and he has the work ethic, I think, to make it pretty far and, and move quickly through the minor leagues, um, you know, fairly quick, like I said. So uh, we feel pretty good about in, in, in a group of five that those there are three names that are going to come out of those five to start on the weekends. Again, Brett and I don't know for sure. We'll give you our predictions probably in the final Sunday Golds episode before the season starts. Um, but let's move on to some of the hitters that stood out this weekend. I have to start off because it was really my first look at him and Cam Smith, the the third baseman, uh, 6'4", I believe, freshman. Brett, I'd asked you about him all fall. I tried to ask whoever I could this weekend at Hauser, is it the real deal? How good is it? How quickly can it transition and translate to the college game? And everybody said, yes, it, it, it translates. It translates, it works. And I saw it. I mean, he hit some monster shots this weekend, uh, hard hits over and over. And he's really good at third base. I mean, it's really smooth for a guy as big as he is. And, uh, right. He has a chance, man. I, I don't like throwing predictions out at people. Uh, but that is, that is, as uh, confident a looking kid as I've seen that young, and he has a chance to, to win ACC Freshman of the Year. Like, he's going to be in the conversation uh, for one of the premier newcomers in the conference this year. Yeah, I mean, Cam's just – it's it's different. I mean, when the ball leaves his bat, I mean, it's just – the home run he hit on, on, on Saturday when you were there, I mean, that ball was just absolutely destroyed. I mean, I didn't even – I didn't even watch it. I just – saw it leave the bat and stopped watching. I mean, I just put my head down and was just like, good, good, good Lord. I mean, that ball probably went at least 450 feet. It was just absolutely crushed. Um, like you said, he had other hard hits on the weekend. I think he also had a home run on, on Thursday, I believe. Uh, yeah, I had a home run on Thursday out to right field. He's got three home runs so far this preseason. Um, you know, he's, he's just doing a good job of, of putting, get him, getting himself in good counts and making good swings on balls. Um, it's not much more I can say about Cam. Like you said, I mean, you'll see him one weekend and just be like, yeah, that's, he's got a chance to be really special. I really like the two Jordans as well. Uh, Taylor and Williams. I thought they both showed some really nice things. Uh, I was, I was surprised at, uh, how good Taylor looks, you know, physically himself. You know, I, I was, I thought it was going to be the, the smaller guy, but no, he's, he's got some size to him too. And, um, that's a freshman, I think, that, that has a chance to, to wow some people. Yeah, JT's got lightning in the bat, um, and he is a physical kid, too, extremely fast, you know, just a freak athlete completely, 6'2", 60, throws 95 from the outfield, probably step on the bump and throw 95 if he wanted to for fun. Um, and when he connects, it's 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 something special, like Cam. Um, you know, there's a little bit more development to be had there than Cam, just with, you know, breaking balls going away from him and being able to read those. I think he'll be worked into the mix early in the season against lefties and, you know, try to, un, you know, tap into that potential that way and get him going and get him into the mix. You know, there's a lot of outfielders out there that they're going to try to get into the mix this year. I mean, they could be too deep at every position with guys that they feel could start for them, I think. Um, and, you know, he Jordan Taylor had really good at-bats this weekend, like you said, had had a lot of hits to the, to the backside, also smoked a ball to the pull side today for a single. Um, you know, Connor Moore, his high school teammate, also had a really good weekend a lot of a lot of hits. Um, Jordan Williams, who you mentioned, 
just a, does a lot of things and he's fun to watch. I really enjoy watching, watching Jordan play. Um, always has a smile on his face, always has fun. Um, you know, pretty vocal. I think, I think his teammates really, really like him and, 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 you know, are, are really excited that he's here. Um, he's a guy that will drop a drag bunt, uh, hit the ball, you know, hit the ball off the fence and right. Just does a lot of really good things. Gets on base a lot. I feel like he's a guy that's going to have over a 400 on base percentage at the end of the day, just because he does such a good job getting on base with walks, bunts, all types of things. Um, and then he creates havoc on the base pass. So, you know, I think he has a chance to start in left field. Um, so yeah, just that outfield group overall, I feel really, really good about. Yeah, and two, you know, Brett uh, for uh, Jaime and uh, Tibbs as well. Uh, I thought, you know, both had, strong weekends. They, they, again, those two are going to be counted on, I think, to lead FSU kind of emotionally in that dugout because of, you know, that they've been through a lot and they've seen a lot. Yeah. Link is going to be in charge. Right. But I do think it's up to some of those guys as well to kind of welcome him in and kind of show him the ropes uh, in terms of uh, welcoming him to Tallahassee uh, for his first season. And, and I, I actually thought Tibbs looked far more mature in his approach at the plate this weekend was shortening a swing at times when he needed to with two strikes, I was using the opposite field and, and Jaime's a machine, man. Like, for, like he's going to hit the baseball and he's going to hit 300. But uh, if you add those two consistently to what FSU has coming in, this lineup does have a chance to be not just much improved from last season, but it could be one of the best lineups in the ACC by the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, Jaime is Jaime. Like you said, he's kind of a machine. You just, just know he's going to hit the ball hard and you know, he's going to play hard. I mean, he runs out of the box at a hundred percent, no matter how hard he hits the ball, where he hits the ball. Um, I really like watching Jaime run the bases. Um, he's an aggressive baseball player. And I really like that. Um, you know, James, like you said, I think we talked about it earlier this weekend and I kind of, you know, not seeing James in the fall and then seeing him early this preseason, you kind of, I kind of just forgot how special the bat talent is for him. Like you just watch him swing and it just, it just, everything just jumps off his bat. I mean, today in BP, I mean, his last two swings were way deep into the parking lot in right field. Um, and I mean, like you said, he had really good swings this weekend. I thought had one ball down the left field line for a double, just, you know, let the ball get deep and, and smoked it the other way. Thought that was really good to see. Um, like I mentioned last weekend, you know, I thought his, his timing was just off, you know, it was just fouling balls back behind him. And I think this weekend I saw him kind of get up, you know, took another step up with his timing. And I think, you know, he'll be ready for, for opening day to, to, you know, to be, you know, pick off where he pick up where he left off last year. And I mean, like you mentioned the lineup, I mean, you think about Cam, you know, Cam, Jaime and, and James somewhere in this lineup are going to be in, in somewhat of order. I think they're going to be back to back to back and, I mean, those three guys alone trying to get through that three, that's a really tough ask for any pitcher. I mean, those are those are three scary at-bats for any pitcher to go up against. Yeah, and then there's also, obviously, you know, J.C., uh, Jordan Carrion, uh, who I think could be an X factor for your lineup. I think Link's approach could really benefit him this season uh, and kind of maximize what he does well. Um, this weekend though, he, he didn't have the best, you know, weekend that I had seen obviously from regular season, like last year, but he's another one of those guys that gets hot for a month and can really help carry a lineup. And, and so wherever they put, you know, Jordan top of the order, bottom of the order to kind of be a catalyst, uh, he's going to be important for FSU too. Um, 
maybe two as an emotional leader. I, I know I mentioned kind of Jaime and, and Tibbs, but carry on has natural leadership qualities playing in a leadership position at shortstop and him now in his second year, I think will be a lot more comfortable carrying himself in that dugout, right? Like not just kind of being about his business and about showing it on the field, but also being there for his teammates. Um, and he plays the game with a little bit of swag too. So uh, that's someone I'm looking forward to Brett. If you want to give your thoughts on, on carry on. And then if you could give me like two names or three names of other guys that we haven't talked about that you think could sneak their way in and get some big ABs early in the year. Yeah. And Jordan, I was just going to say, you know, I've, I've always just seen Jordan's a gamer type of guy. I, I, I don't really care what he does in practice hitting wise. It's just, he's a gamer. I know he's going to turn it on when he needs to, but I've been really, really, you know, pleased by the way he's played it short. You know, he just, you know, I talked to him, we're going to have him on, on the podcast as well here soon. He just seems very, very confident in what he's doing at short now. And, and Lynx helped him a lot. He's doing a good job attacking baseballs and shortening his distance for throws um, to make it easier on himself. And I'm starting to see like that kind of, you know, the Jordan swagger come back out, like you mentioned, like, you know, when he's right, it's a little bit of cockiness to a game, not really cockiness, but just, you know, confidence. You see him, you know, glove flips to second base. It's like when he gets going, you start to see that the flair for him at, at shortstop. And um, he can be a really, really good shortstop when, when he's right. Um, couple other names. I think, you know, I think Titan Kamaka is really starting to take hold of that second base position. Uh, I really, I'm pretty confident now that I think he'll, he'll, he'll be starting at second base on opening day. Um, he had good at bats again this weekend, just consistently picked together quality at bats, uh, had a really good swing off bomb to lead off the Friday game. Uh, just smoked the ball down the right field line on a high fastball, just got the bat head to it. And, and, you know, just, he's, he just does everything well, he did, you don't feel like he's a liability in the field. Um, you know, he's going to play hard. Like I mentioned last weekend, he's a vocal guy that communicates with the pitchers well. Um, so I feel like he's done a, done a really good job there. Um, you know, I thought Lance Triple had really good at-bats this weekend as well. And, you know, I've always really liked Lance's swing. There's just so much it's just great rhythm to it, and, and the bat speed stands out. You know, I don't know where Lance is going to fit into the equation He's another guy that could be out in the outfield, um, you know, could DH could, you know, he's been catching recently with, with Holbrook out, but I, you know, he needs time behind the plate receiving wise, but you know, the athleticism and the arm behind the plate really, really play, especially the arm. I mean, his ball gets down to second base in a hurry. I mean, it just jumps out of his hand, but the receiving does need some time. Um, I really like him in right field too. Um, so he's another guy in that mix out there, but um, we'll be interested to see how they try to work him into the to the lineup this year to get some at bats. And they've still got a couple of weeks, right, to impress. And I, I believe Fan Day is coming up. Yeah, the eleventh. So those of you listening, yeah. So those of you listening have a chance to go out to Hauser and and do what we just did this weekend and watch the guys scrimmage and get some autographs, a couple pictures. Uh, seems like a good group of guys that are going to be very personable and and great for fan engagement and and being a part of the Tallahassee community. So. Uh, that's this weekend at Hauser. Brett, you and I have been pretty impressed with uh, the renovations that they've made at Hauser. It isn't anything drastic, uh, but are, there's a lot of things that they did uh, and spent some decent money to spruce up what Hauser looks like. And there are signs and there are murals and 
you know, th- there are commemoration photos and, and banners and it's, it looks cool. And, and so I encourage those of you who make it out to Hauser this weekend to meet Lincoln, the team to just kind of walk around the ballpark and go see what they've done. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, and, um, should be a pretty fun weekend, right? Yeah. I mean, I, it's just much fresher and there's just a lot of stuff to walk around and, and look at now. I mean, I'm, I think last weekend I spent probably 15 minutes just walking around looking at ACC championship photos and random stuff. I just thought it was really cool to see a couple of guys that I've covered, you know, Matthew Nelson, Parker Messick on the walls. Um, I thought that was just really cool for myself. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a bunch of stuff all over the place now to, to walk around and, and see. Yeah. So, all right. So Brad, I think we've touched on, on, uh, what we thought of this couple of scrimmages this week. Um, we talked to Wyatt Crowell. Again, shout out to him for for hopping on the podcast with us. Uh, how about we get into some mailbag questions and some fan questions that we've been getting uh, throughout? Uh, I have some pulled up. And I think, you know, the first one, since it's <laughs> it's like a dedicated Wyatt Crowell show in some ways, one of the questions was, how good do you think Wyatt Crowell can be this year? What's the best case scenario? I mean, what did he have a two, two, five ERA and 51 innings last year with like 90 K's and 17 walks or something like that. I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me, but I mean, that's how good he can be and better. Um, you know, I think the changeup is better this year than it was last year. And I think he has more confidence to throw it in any count in any given situation. Um, and you know, these guys just don't pick him up. I mean, when you have to account for the slider and how good it is, you just, you just don't have, you don't really have a chance against him when he's on and when, and you know, he's done such a good job of throwing strikes. You know, he just doesn't walk guys anymore. Um, just very confident in, in what Wyatt's going to give you. Like I said, I don't know if it's going to be in the bullpen or in the rotation, but he's the guy to me that I'm just most confident in that. I feel like I know exactly what I'm going to get from Wyatt day in, day out. You know what you're going to get fastballs in the inner half for strikes sliders wipe out sliders and, and some change-ups to right-handed hitters it's just it's it's a really good arsenal that i think is going to be good every single week for florida state brett i'm not going to compare him to parker messick because that's that's not fair to either guy i do think you can see a jump from when parker was in the pen remember early on in his career and moved to the rotation I think Wyatt shows that ability as well. I think he can do it. Again, that's my best case scenario for Wyatt is to come out and he can give you six innings a night um, and really mow people down. Like it's it's really good. I think the competitiveness is just as good as Parker's. It's just not as, you know, uh, outwardly shown, if that makes sense. Uh, Parker was a, a football guy, right? Like back in the day. And that's a different mentality and personality than what Wyatt has. But he is extremely competitive. And there's a little bit of a, a swagger to him too when he's pitching well. Uh, there's a quiet confidence, and I think that I think if he does tap into all the potential that he has and, and does make good on some of the projections that we have for him, and I said it earlier in this pod, I think he can mitigate the loss of Parker Messick, who is undoubtedly one of the best pitchers Florida State has ever had in this program. So um, I want to see it. I hope Wyatt's in the weekend rotation. Personally, I'm I'm rooting for it. And uh, I'm hoping that he really balls out against James Madison in that uh, first weekend of the year. So uh, good question there. Appreciate it. Uh, This is another good one. 
what is a unit slash position group you are most confident in? And what is the position group you're least confident in heading into the season? Um, most confident, I would say outfield, like I was talking about, you just have so many athletic options and a lot of different things you can do out there. Obviously you have your cornerstone in, in, in Jaime. I mean, you had Tibbs out there too, but you don't even need him out there anymore because of, of how many guys you have out there. We've talked about Jordan Williams and Jordan Taylor. Um, you know, we talked about Lance triple a bit too, you know, Trey and ranks also working out there. I think he's looked really good in right field this weekend. Um, arm really plays out there in right field, had a really good throw today. I thought, um, early in practice when they were doing drills, that was just on the money and an absolute dart. Um, and his athleticism plays a little bit more out there. You see him make good reads on baseballs. Um, so they're just really deep out there with that group and they can do a lot of different things. And I mean, you even have an Anthony Whedon out there who, you know, isn't going to start, but he's going to probably pinch run as much as anyone in the country and try to steal a bunch of bases for you. Cause he can absolutely fly. And when he is in the outfield, he covers a whole lot of ground and, and can get to any baseball um, least confident in uh, maybe catcher just because I mean, they're deep back there, but then they've got a lot of options, but I don't know if you have anything that's super solidified or, or well-rounded. Um, I mean, Holbrook's out right now, which that concerns you a little bit, but, you know, I think he'll be back and, and be able to go pretty early in the season again. Um, but, you know, behind Colton too, I mean, Santiago's I think stable back there behind the plate, but you know, how much are you going to get offensively? And, you know, he's a freshman and you don't, really want to have to rely on a freshman as a backup. Um, you know, Baz, the arm still bothers him a bit, and you don't really know how consistent his throws are going to be. Um, and he, he didn't really catch much in the fall, and his receiving has struggled um, early in, in preseason, but he has hit. Um, you know, both catcher and, and first, I just defensively, um, those are two concerns for me. Um, you know, I think Colton does a good job catching um, – you know, guys like Carson and, and, and Monty, it's just Colton sometimes tries to do too much framing wise, I think, where it's just if he would just catch it sometimes rather than trying to do too much. I feel like we'd see less of those pass balls and, and, and mishaps, but um, just want to see more consistency and stability out of that group, I think, moving forward. Yeah, I think outfield for me, most confident. I think they'll hit. And I think they're much better defensively than, than people realize like they, they cover some ground out there yeah. Yeah. and uh, it's very impressive to watch. They are a much better unit than they've been uh, over the last couple of years. And those of you listening, you guys have, you, you know, Florida state fans, you guys are used to having really good outfields. Like traditionally there are really good outfields at FSU. And I think links going to really prioritize the outfield. I've heard him speak on how important it is to have, uh, unique makeup in the outfield guys who can basically save you outs uh, in the outfield. Um, and so uh, I'm really confident about that. Um, Brett's putting his finger up. He really wants just, to say something. Go I for just it. forgot, forgot to mention DM as, as part of that outfield group, I think we'll probably start in center and, you know, he just, you know, you're going to get a good at bat from him. I think he can either be your lead off or your double lead off. And like he's, he's part of that group that can really defend in the outfield. Sorry, just wanted to. That's okay. Two thirds of the earth is covered by water, and the other third is covered by Diomez Ross. Uh, I think that's going to be something you hear a broadcaster say at some point this season. It might be me. I don't know. Oh, we'll God. see. 
You're scripting uh, already. Huh? You're already writing your script. I know, man. I've got to get ready. I've, uh, I just found out earlier uh, this month that I've got about 15 of the home games on the broadcast schedule. So very excited to be back. I won't have Chip Baker back with me in the booth this year. Uh, I know there were some people wondering. Uh, we're going to miss Chip uh, on the broadcast. You never know. We might sneak him up there uh, for a couple. But uh, those of you uh, who might remember Brandon Riker, Chris Chavez, and Alex Powers uh, will all be uh, in the mix for uh, color analyst in the booth this season for the games on the ESPN app. So um, we're excited about that, certainly. And, and I've got opening weekend, so I'm extremely hyped about uh, the Dukes of James Madison. I've got them for a second straight year. I had that series last year to open things off, and uh, the Knowles and the Dukes will play again. So uh, to finish the question that, that was asked, uh, least confident, it's hard for me to say on February 5th. I don't know. I'm not as confident in the bullpen as I'd like to be. That's that's what I'll say. I'd like to know when I see all the names shake out of where they're going to use guys, maybe that'll change. But I don't know that I'm super confident as of two weeks till the season in the bullpen. So, uh, all right, here's another good question. What changes do you expect to see that are most obvious since Link is now in charge? I think you'll just see them be more prepared and not make some of the little mistakes that they've made. You know, I think, I think the base running will be a lot better. Uh, Rich Walsh does a good job really harping on those guys every day, you know, during BP when they're running the bases and even in the scrimmages when they're running the bases, they're on those guys pretty hard. Um, you know, stuff like cutoffs and that stuff. I feel like guys are going to be in the right spots. Um, yeah, I just expect them to be a lot more prepared day in and day out to be ready to go and, and face the pitchers they're going to face. And, you know, the scouting reports they have on guys and being able to be prepared for, for guys out of the pen and everything like that. I mean, it was just every time we, we faced Notre Dame, it just felt like, you know, they were a step ahead of us because it seemed like they were just on a different level of preparation than us. So I think that will be the biggest thing that, that sticks out to me. Yeah. I think there's going to be a level of confidence that these kids have that will show. And last season, you know, late innings, Florida state was really bad uh closing games a lot of one run losses a lot of close games i think that's going to be the biggest difference you see is late game situations making the right read making the right play advancing the runner correctly in a tight game um i think people don't realize like you don't always have to hit a home run late in a game to win a ball game sometimes it's just you you work that walk you slapped a two strike pitch the other way you hit the sack fly that won you the game, or you didn't make the error. You didn't mess up, right? The other team messed up and gave you a ball game. And, and I think that to me will be the biggest difference. And just being there this weekend, Brett, and seeing the level of detail in which Link goes about everything, the structure, the organization, he's coaching every pitch. He is, he is all up on them. I mean, for every little thing. And I think that's something those players have needed is understanding also why they do things, not just that they're doing things, but why there is a method to his madness. And it's been cool. Uh, it really has been to see him coach these guys in a manner that I don't think they had been before. It's, it's different. And his staff is really good. Those assistants are really good. And the atmosphere at practice has been really good too. Very businesslike. And we're starting to see 
shades of what Notre Dame was like, right? There's this, there's this confident group that doesn't have to be the most talented on the field. They're going to show up and, and fight you for 27 outs. And um, this is a side note. I was really impressed by the lack of strikeouts for the most part this weekend too. The guys were doing a great job of battling with two strikes and fouling pitches off and slapping singles the other way. And it, that's, that's huge. Right. And, and hearing link as well, tell you why it's important, why it's so important with two strikes to get into your approach. Um, there were a couple of times he was instructing guys on what he wants to see them do there uh, in that situation. So uh, yeah. Uh, last one, I think for this episode, Brett, and then we will save another handful for our next Sunday golds. And, and that'll include Jordan carry on, as you mentioned that you had a chance to talk to him too. So here's the question I have for you. Do you expect this team to be more of a power team or a group that puts a lot of singles and doubles together to get runs? Mm, that's a good question. I don't, you know, I think there's going to be, you know, I think they're going to have their guys that are run guys that run a lot, guys that put the ball on the ground and, and create havoc. And then they're going to have that core three or four that are kind of like your, your masters. Um, and that's probably Jaime, Tibbs, Cam, and, you know, whoever's at DH and, and Holbrook when he comes back, you know, I think that group right there is your masters. And then, you know, the guys that surround them are your guys that get on base and, and create havoc and, you know, move guys base to base and, and drop down bunts, steal bases. Um, so I think it's a little bit of both, but, you know, I don't think the power numbers will be huge, you know, like when this season ends, um, but I don't think they'll be like as low as they were last year either. I think they'll have, they'll have more this year than they did last year, but I don't think they'll have like what they had um, in Nelly's year, year in 2021. So somewhere in between that and a little bit of both. I don't know if that's a great answer, but, I, but that's how I feel about it. Yeah, there are options, right? Like there are guys that are going to hit the ball out of the ballpark, like you just mentioned. And and I expect Jaime to have a, a boost in power. I expect Tibbs to continue to be a power hitter. Uh, Cam Smith is going to hit for some power as well, just naturally. Uh, and there are other spots, you know, McGuire Holbrook, when he gets healthy, has some juice in that bat, especially at Hauser that I think his bat will carry. Um, there are guys that are going to get the ball out of the ballpark. And I do think with the philosophy that Link is implementing, that they are going to put themselves in better situations to be able to maximize power, much in the same way that Notre Dame did at times. Uh, it might be a guy who on the year only had three or four home runs, right? But in a key situation late in the season, he just sent it out of the ballpark against Tennessee, right? On the road. And it was because he put himself in a position where he was in control of the at bat and he could be selectively aggressive and find something he could lift and get out. And that's kind of the type of method that link brings to the table. But I think this team could hit close to 290 as a team on the year. I could see it. I could see 280 to 290 between this roster. And that would be a stark difference from what Florida state was last year. I think you could see on base percentages climb back close to the four hundreds, which is different than what you saw last year uh, in the last couple of years. So um, yeah, th this team's going to, I think do a little bit of everything and it's going to be a complete offense that puts runs on the scoreboard. That's, that's going to be the key. And uh, it is a much improved lineup, hundred percent feel that way, Brett. So uh, any final thoughts, from you on this episode before we say goodbye and thank the listeners. 
Yep. Just looking forward to getting out to fan day next week and, and seeing everybody back at the park. I'm sure it'll be a crazy environment for that and everyone getting to see all the new stuff at Hauser. So make sure you come out for that, you know, 12 days, just ready to get there already. Yeah. And we'll have some more episodes coming up here and we're aiming to get link on uh, one final time as well before the season starts. So we'll work for that and uh, see if we can't, you know, maybe bribe Stephen McCartney or something to get us link. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, anyway, well, Brett, good stuff from you. It was fun being at Hauser with you this weekend and uh, it's starting to pick back up and uh, looking forward to, to more Sunday golds and thank, thank the listeners again. Uh, we appreciate you and we'd appreciate as well a five-star rating on Apple. If you can give it to us, leave us a review too. let us know if you like this pod, but the best thing you can do is let your friends and family know about Sunday golds and, and continue to spread by word of mouth. And we really do appreciate you. So again, on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, thanks to Wyatt Crowell as well for being on this pod with us and uh, keep those questions coming in and we'll try our best to get to them on the next Sunday gold. So for Brett Nevitt, I'm Mario Masudi. This has been Sunday Golds.